the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, the World Series opens with the Dodgers taking Game 1, Houston Rockets GM Daryl Morey steps down, and Mac has a bone to pick with the NCAA. In football, an LSU alum is banned from campus and the start of the Tua era in Miami. Finally, we'll wrap things up with our quick picks of the week and a fantasy update. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. What's up, everyone? It's Mac. And I'm Heather, potentially getting ready for snow, Lewis. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at Um, How are you guys doing this week? Oh, man. Um... The, the only thing I'm looking forward to this week is around midnight, there's going to be a very visible meteor shower. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there and sit, hopefully see something. Um, but other than that, uh, the 412th week of 2020 just seems to be dragging. And I really wish it would end. Yeah, I'm with you. I yeah, am with big you. Time. Big time. Heather, how you doing? Um... I'm doing all right. Um, like I said, last week I was talking about how I got two job offers. Well, I accepted one. So your girl finally has a job. Yay. So, so uh, James is no longer the sugar daddy. And um, <laughs> yeah, uh, today's not like a great day, but it's all right. It's it's almost over. I got through it. So but we're good. We're, it's all good. That's good. And how are you, Dan? How are you doing? I am doing all right. I've got a four-day weekend this weekend, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, Love my job. Need a couple of days off. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I would love a job that paid me more than $10 an article. That would be great. Yeah, that seems to be going pretty well for you, though, at least. I mean, the writing's not the issue. I'd like to dare say I'd like to think I'm a good writer. Um I just wish I could pitch a few more of my own ideas. I wish I were allowed to reach out to the players. You know, there, there's a lot of things that I wish I could do. Um, but but you, know. you are also like coming in on this like ground level, too. So, well, he's had it for a while. But the, and the thing but, is, but I'm saying that like your your like oh, yeah. position, though, like, oh, dude, yeah. I mean, every I mean, everyone goes through that. Yeah, all I know not to, not to take away what you want, but I'm just saying like, well, I mean, the, the biggest thing is, is I'm the only person on there that is like, that's my job. I'm a full time writer. Like, that's what yeah. I went to school for. Everybody else just kind of does this as a side hustle. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. You know, I'm getting a couple articles up. I'm writing one about Kevin Stefanski right now um, because, you know, Browns fans are Browns fans. Uh, four and two and being right in the thick of the AFC playoff race uh, is still somehow the bottoms falling out of the season. Let's panic and start blaming everybody and everything. So, yeah, uh, we can hang with the bad teams. We can hang with the the mid level to good teams. We cannot hang with that elite tier. Yeah, not yet. 
Not yet. Uh, but you know what? We we are actually. I know we've been in a forever rebuilding phase, but it actually feels like we're actually doing some building for once. Yeah. So I mean, you you went from being the the most talent deficient roster in the league four years ago. Yeah. Uh, and now I would say you're top fifteen. You know, so I mean, it, that's that's a big turnaround in a short amount of time. Yeah. So. But let's jump into today's show. We'll cover that in a little while. Uh, let's start with Major League Baseball, where the World Series began last night, Tuesday. Uh, and Clayton Kershaw decided he remembered how to pitch in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I don't know about you, dude. But is there a bit uh, is, is any team wearing egg on their face quite like the Boston Red Sox for trading Mookie Betts? Yeah, he had a pretty good game last night. He's had a pretty good everything. The dude's a fucking phenomenal. And I don't understand why Boston. I mean, I this is a, a large market team that has shown that they are going to pay money for people. And, and one of the guys that you drafted, you helped bring up through the minors. He was a fan favorite. He is going like he's easily a, what a top 10 or 15 player. Uh, and he wants those contract demands to put him in that tier. And Boston's like, no, nah, man, we got to get rid of you, dude. You know, it's just like, what the, f- <laughs> that's some Cleveland level shit right there. That is that, that, that is the epitome of Cleveland doing Cleveland things. Now, if the Dodgers pull this out, which I don't know about you, but I watched the game last night and that was not, that wasn't pretty. Um, how good is LA going to be? Because they, they've, they can go out and get all those names uh, they've typically draft very well and, and, and bring up their own players. How good are they going to be when Frankie Lindor ends up in Dodger? Blue? <laughs> yeah. Cause he's going to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really see him in LA and I can even see him moving positions just to fit in on the team. Um, and then you see the, him pulling like a, a Jeter. Yeah. Or, or, or you mean, uh, a Jeter a- a- Rod. A-Rod. it was a rod. Uh, yeah. I could see him doing like a rod did. Um, but and then the Indians get like jack and shit back because it's Cleveland and that's what we do, um, you know, so it, it it just hurts to see how good the Dodgers are right now. And then going into free agency and, and then the offseason, it's I think they're going to have a they're going to be a very busy team. Yeah, well, the Dodgers took game one. It was eight to three right now. Tampa Bay is leading three nothing in game two in the bottom of the fourth. Blake Snell is on the mound. Um, I, I could see this going seven games. I mean, yeah, Tampa- this could be a very good series. And it's very interesting to see that uh, the pitching staff for the Dodgers has a salary higher than the entire Tampa Bay yeah. roster. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's, it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's like a hundred and something million. And Tampa's entire oh. payroll is like 28 or, or, or 38 or some nonsense. I, I think I think you were right with the twenty eight. It was the twenty eight. Yeah. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I I, I remember seeing twenty eight million, and I'm going, wow, this is like almost like Moneyball type. Yeah. Difference. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, and Tampa, I, every they, I mean, look at they've they've had a process since uh, Friedman bought the team where they, you know, they draft they they're they're they suck for a couple of years. They draft well. They bring up all their players, and the minute they they hit arbitration eligible, you know eligibility, uh, they're traded, um, and then they start that cycle over again. But um, 
you know, I mean, you got to think the Rays went to the World Series, I think, in 2008, uh, if I remember correctly. So this this is right on par with with the rebuild cycle. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Tampa win it. I think that would be crazy. Um, But if if the Dodgers win the World Series, guys, like that's officially it. The world ends sometime (laughs) this year. (laughs) <laughs> uh i mean I'm, I'm sure tampa bay is probably cheating and will keep la from winning oh you know what in that case i would not mind the cheating i would even excuse it <laughs> uh. <laughs> wow mac wow well speaking of money ball that guy re- announced he was retiring uh, oh good for the, him. the money ball guy his name Billy is Bean? yeah Oh, well, I mean, he had a good run in Oakland. I mean, did he though? Uh, he built that team up from nothing after it was completely devastated. I, and he changed how the game is now. Like, he made sabermetrics popular. Now, I, I think that you have to give him a lot of credit for that. What I, a lot of sports fans don't seem to realize is I don't think sabermetrics is really worth it outside of baseball. I don't think you could apply it to football. Uh, they, they do Despite that. how much the Browns want to try. Yeah. You know, uh, they, they, they have a lot of weird sabermetric stats in basketball now, which I still don't understand. Um, and I really don't think you could apply it to hockey. Um, so I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think sabermetrics has a place in baseball, but nowhere else really, but they apply that to everything. Uh, sabermetricians like will go whole hog into fucking formula one racing. Uh, with sabermetrics and I'm like I I don't get it man just shut up this is sports I don't need uh, advanced math to figure out who's going to be good they either just look good on film to me or they don't okay Uh, but let's (laughs) talk about this for a second does it even actually work in baseball because Billy Bean the the pioneer of this philosophy they didn't win a world series well, yeah, and that's because of the financial constraints of the game. You know, the, the have-nots are very rarely going to win. Um, that's just how it's going to be. Uh, your haves, though, you know, your Bostons, your Yankees, your your Dodgers, your Red Sox, um, you know, they're always going to win because they have the money to go out and, and purchase players uh, and swing these trades because small markets, medium to small markets, can't afford to keep up like, uh, you know, to keep up with the player uh, salaries. So so in in reality, does Moneyball sabermetrics actually work or is it really just a matter of money? It gave them a fighting chance. It completely spun how baseball looked at it on its surface where you went, you know, I, I have to hide these guys, high RBI, high batting average, high home run totals. And what was Billy Bean's whole thing on base percentage? didn't give a shit about anything but on base percentage he's like they could hit 250 or 240 but if they walk more often than not they're getting on base that gives us a chance to score runs okay. um, you know so i mean it, it gives you know it's kind of like the spread uh, what the spread did for you know small college programs it gives them a chance to fight but you know nine times out of ten they're gonna lose all right well let's pivot to the nba where our favorite man, Daryl Morey, uh, stepped down this week after the Rockets were eliminated in the conference semifinals. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's, it was probably time. He had been there for how long? Uh, you know, it was over 15 years. 
Right. Um, and sometimes a franchise just needs that that reboot, the charge of that reboot. I mean, he's still staying on as an advisor. Uh, he will just not be in charge of personnel decisions. Um, but I, I don't see him doing that long. I could see some down on their luck team. Uh, like, dude, you know how happy I would be if Gilbert just opened up his checkbook and said, hey, Moray, what is it going to take to get you up to Cleveland? Like, what, what do we got to do? Um, because he could have that franchise, you know, primed and rearmed uh, pretty quick. Uh, otherwise, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine on Twitter uh, that says, you know, we're going to be lucky to win 10 games next year. <laughs> Um, that, that sounds about right. That roster's just bad. Um, so I just, I, you know, I think Moray, it will probably take the season off, you know, just to be the advisor, collect an easy paycheck, and then he'll go rescue some franchise that probably isn't Cleveland. Yeah, because mm-hmm. why would he? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you know, Dan Gilbert doesn't spend money on the front office, so. Yeah. Uh, the NBA also announced that they managed to save $1.5 billion in anticipated losses by reopening in the bubble. Uh, that bubble, which is arguably, well, I'd say the second most successive attempt, a successful attempt at restarting the sports season, really paid off for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great idea. Um, I loved what a couple players said. Uh, even when things reopen up, they're going to wait like three or four years before they go back because they're sick of seeing it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it was, I mean, it was smart. It was know? smart and, and it paid off like oh, we were able oh. to get it done. Yeah. Don't listen to some haters, though, that sit there and be like it was the lowest ranked NBA finals. Well, dude, it was going up against football. If you yeah. go up against football, you're going to lose in this yeah. country. It, That's every time. Yeah, yeah, every time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you saw what popped up probably about 15 minutes before we went on air, Tim. It looks like Louisville will be hosting the Toronto Raptors next season because Canada is going to maintain the uh, travel embargo against Americans. I, I did see that uh, Toronto was looking for a home. I did not see that Louisville was planning on hosting. Yes, the the KFC Yum Arena um, is essentially the only one big enough to you know, to host, you know, uh, an NBA team. So, I mean, that's that'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, you got to think a lot of these guys have places in Toronto where their family lives. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't know, man. I, I think what Canada is doing smart, um, considering that, you know, we have States that are like, Hey, we're not Corona is such, you know, such a non-starter for an, an idea that we're not even going to report numbers anymore. <clears throat> yeah. Florida. you know i I just not to name names or anything yeah but really fuck florida um (laughs) mississippi and alabama you're getting a pass this week florida gets all my hate Uh, (laughs) but yeah i mean it's it kind of sucks but i mean it they're they're gonna do what they can i mean you know they're not gonna do a bubble for a whole season um even if it's only a, a truncated like 50 game season or whatever like they were talking about so, I mean, it's just we, we My, have, these sports teams need to get ready to recalibrate for the new normal. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, my last piece of quick NBA news is that Stan Van Gundy has reportedly been hired by the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I, I, le- like, I like the hire. Uh, yeah. I've always liked Stan Van Gundy. Uh, I just. And to pair him with Zion. Yeah. I mean, and, and but yeah, I hope. 
the Bensons um, decide to keep that uh, that GM and coaching job separate because when he wore both hats in Detroit, it didn't go well. Um, hopefully, he's learned his lesson there, uh, and he doesn't do a Mike Holmgren who, <laughs> you know, when he got to Cleveland, wouldn't take the VP of player personnel or whatever they wanted to call it uh, title, but he wanted to do it himself. Uh, and it, it, he, it didn't work in Seattle. It didn't work in Cleveland. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. Um, Speaking of the Bensons, did you see what happened to Gail? <laughs> she got, she almost got jacked, right? Someone like, yeah, that. there was an attempt uh, at carjacking. Poor Gail. Yeah. Poor Gail. So. Just thought I'd bring that up. Let's pivot to the NCAA in general. I know Max got a lot to say, so I'm just going to go ahead and turn over the floor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that you can educate us on what's going on here. All right. So with COVID, you saw a lot of big time college football players opt out of the season. Uh, LSU had two starters or who were yeah. supposed to start opt out. And um, uh, Jamar Chase and the cornerback, Heather, I can't remember his name. Kerry um, Vincent. Kerry yeah, Vincent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You saw Kennedy Brooks at Oklahoma opt out. Sage Surratt at Wake Forest. You know, th- these are guys that were high on everybody's draft board. Okay. And they said, uh, you know, uh, Penn State's starting running back, who was an All-American last year, said that he wouldn't be participating in the season because his mom – uh, is immunocompromised and he can't afford to get sick uh, and, and possibly transmit to her. You know, all these players are going to have their scholarships guaranteed for the year that they don't play. Um, and I think we all know that I've been pretty vocal about me covering, you know, Division II UNCP sports. And I have a friend who is a student athlete uh, who is asthmatic uh, and they applied to sit out the season. Well, they told. Uh, this person, and I'm keeping it vague because uh, her appeal is still up in the air, um, that she would have to appeal and that she's at risk of losing the scholarship for the sport that she participates in uh, because they're doing organized practices and she's willingly sitting out. Mm. Uh, now, this is bullshit because Division Two and Division Three sports still are not back. They have yeah. given teams the opportunity to, to conduct practices and and do limited team activities, but there is no hard date to come back uh, and restart their athletic calendars. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been guidance from Division Two that they're going to honor scholarships for a missed season. Um, you know, same at Division Three, but you know, this student athlete is being told that yeah, you you're you're going to lose your scholarship. Uh, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. And no. and I think that we could all agree with on um, is that, uh, you know, Division One FBS football, um, you know, they will cover that loss for those k- kids not playing because, hey, he'll be back next year. Right. Um, yeah. You know, but for these lower level athletes or even your Olympic sports, uh, you know, you have schools like Stanford, Stanford, who cut like nine sports, nine team sports. Because they didn't have the money. And it's just like, dude, you know, it's infuriating for me that outside of big time college football, who a lot of fans bitch about saying that they should not receive any kind of compensation, uh, even though 
being that student athlete, they give up a lot of their time, uh, you know, their ability to, to lead a regular life, uh, mm-hmm. maybe to buy a pair of jeans uh, <laughs> at Target because they don't have the money and they're not allowed to go work. Right. Um, you know, they bitch about that, but they won't they won't stand up on the desk or slam their shoe on a Khrushchev style to bring attention to the lower level or the non-revenue sports student athletes that are suffering because of this. Um, so if uh, you actually give a shit about co- co- you know collegiate sports, man, start start pressuring, you know, uh, the elected officials that are, uh, you know, appointing the heads of these large universities and these university uh, systems and make sure that those student athletes are taken care of. Because, I mean, my friend still has a semester left in school that they are going to have to find a way to pay for if they lose their scholarship. Yeah. It's definitely one of those, like, if you say that you're, you know, like for that school or whatever, like that's your school, then that's your school. Yeah. That includes everyone at the school. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, I hate it. I hate that it's come to that. I hate that, you know, the university is is (laughs) making uh, student athletes who help build a program um, choose between their physical health or their ability to pay for school. Yeah. You know, that, that just, it's, that's fucking ridiculous. Um, and yeah, now that's Tim, real yeah, up, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go ahead and seed the floor back to you before I get too fired up and we burn too much time because we have other things we're going to talk about. But, uh, you know, for listeners, get out there and, and start saying something to your, your favorite schools and ensure that they're, they're protecting the student athlete. Mm-hmm. More than just more than just the college football and college basketball players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, dude, you you know, uh, some schools have swimming. Some schools have tennis. Some schools have golf. Some schools have, you know, whatever the case is. Right. Um, you know, I mean, Oklahoma has a badminton team, a collegiate scholarship backed badminton team. Like, holy shit. Dude. I missed my calling. Yeah, dude, you could have been somebody, Tim. You could, have, could have been, been a contender. Said, yeah, this was really this was really your chance to shine. <sighs> Instead, I'm just a podcaster. And here you are. <laughs> well, let's focus in. I know that, that we just said that there's more than college football and basketball, but let's talk college football. Yeah. Uh, Odell oh. Beckham oh. Jr. has been banned. From LSU facilities after the Browns receiver was seen handing out hundred dollar bills to players after the Tigers won the national championship in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, and keep in mind, we all watched it happen. I, I did too. I watched it happen too. And I was and I was sitting there going, Stop it. Stop it. But okay, so here's here's my hot take on that. Okay. And it's what I told you guys, okay. I have a feeling. Now, I don't agree with it. I do not condone it. He did know better. He knows better. But it's like I was telling you guys, I think what his thought process was is that, you know, like he, you know, he was where they were. And in that, like in the players getting fucked over of not being allowed to get almost any kind of benefit at all beyond their scholarship. Right. Because athletes don't make any money off of anything. And so I'm sure that when he got out, that he was like, you know what? If I put it, if I find myself in a position to be able to do something, I'm going to do something. Okay. I'm trying to give the boy the benefit of the doubt that that's what, that's what he meant. 
was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to hook these players up. I'm going to reward them for their, you know, for their hard work this season and da, 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 da. Should he have done it? No, absolutely not. But I kind of don't blame him. Yeah, I, I just, dude, you're, we're, we're watching the biggest, uh, you know, college football game of the year. And you're on the sideline. Every, you know, LSU is just doing LSU things out there. And then. Listen, though, he was he was turned up that yeah, game. And the minute like, those, that last second ticked off the clock, he's pulling out you know, bills and just throwing them at players and the cameras are rolling. Like, and this I is know, what Bill's listen, made. he was so, <laughs> listen, he was, he was on that. He was, he was on a different level. Um, <laughs> that he was game. on something. All right. He was on something because remember they kept cutting over to him. Yeah. And like, he was just, oh, he no. was having himself a good time. Okay. Uh, I, I guarantee you he and the other LSU alumni that were on the sideline. And there were quite a few, there was 10 or 15 of them. There was a lot of them. Uh, yeah. They were passing flasks around or they had their, you know, their cups mm-hmm. that they managed to dump out and filled it in with, you know, the air, the airplane bottles, you know, mm-hmm. um, they were enjoying themselves and as they should. Uh, yeah. But you should, you, as a professional athlete who played in the NCAA, knowing you damn well. You should know better. Exactly. I agree with you. At least, at least, at the very least, you you go onto the team bus. All right. And then you sit there and wait. They'll take their showers. They do the press conference. They get back on the bus so they can go sleep at the hotel. Right. And then you start throwing your fun tickets out at everybody. Okay. That's <laughs> what you do. Sure, you're right. You're right. So like I said, I don't condone it, but I have a feeling that could have been like the intention behind it. You're also implying that a man who says that coronavirus and him have a respect that they won't mess with each other was applying any sort of logic to the situation. I cannot I cannot speak for the boy after he leaves LSU. Okay. Yeah. I've told you, I told you in the in the group text that is probably the bleach fumes that have been permeating on top of his head. For how many years now from Odell Beckham Jr. is I don't think COVID can get to me. I don't think it's going to enter this body. I don't want no parts of it. I it don't want no parts of me. It's a mutual respect. Exactly. Listen, (laughs) listen, Um, at least at least he's not denying it. At least he's saying it's real. He just has a healthy level of respect for it. So and let's face it, I think. After having covered the Browns and just I am an Odell Beckham fan. He's a weird dude. Okay, he's just a weird dude. He's always been a weird. dude. He marches to his own beat. So I appreciate him even more for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I could see him getting around this by like going to their away games and sitting on the opposing team sideline. Uh, And nobody's going to say anything about it because he's he's Odell. He's Odell. Yeah. and he'll be talking shit the entire time. And they still won't say anything about it because it's Odell. Exactly. You know? So, um, and I would love to see him do that. He's like, no, man, <laughs> look, look, I'm at College Station right now. I'm in Texas, you know, like, and he, he'd go off, say something like, fuck Texas, man. I'm a Louisiana guy. Like, that's where I went to school. But look, you know, I just I just wanted to see the game, you know, yeah. but you, and you, you won't let me in Baton Rouge. You won't let me into Death Valley right now. So, all right, cool. <laughs> oh my God, he would. Yeah, he would show up to all of the away games. He would. He totally would. 
So uh, yeah, I like I said, I cannot speak for the boy since he does not go there anymore. But you know what? I, just it is what it is because it's Odell. Yeah, it's just Odell. Mac and I have something to celebrate because the Big Ten finally returns to action this weekend. <laughs> the league becomes the fourth of the Power Five conferences to come back after the coronavirus uh, postponed the season. And I'm going to say after Corona because obviously still in it. Yeah, uh, we're, still, we're still in Corona. Yeah, we are. Uh, the Pac-12 is scheduled to begin in two weeks. Yeah, I... I... <laughs> Pac-12. Hey, jump in on. I mean, jump in on it late, man. I, honestly, if I were the Pac-12, I would have sat out because a lot of those schools were affected by the wildfires that uh, scorched yep. a lot of the West Coast. Um, I, I would be more worried about the players ensuring that their families are okay and things like that. But I digress. Um, you know, before the season started, we talked about the Pac-10 selling shares in the conference just to raise money. So they obviously need this. Um, but, but the yeah. Big Ten is back, and that's the big story. Yes, because really, who gives a shit about the Pac-12? Right. right. Not I. Not or I. the Big 12. Also yes. not I. Yeah. yeah. Also not I. Um, really, there's three conferences worth talking about, and two of them, I would even argue, aren't worth it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it, with the ACC, the only team we're talking about really is Clemson. Yeah, it, it, it's really... Two total conferences and then like one or two teams outside yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. that's that's the official hometown crowd line. And mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't like it, just stick. Die around. mad about it. Die yeah, mad yeah. about it. Yeah. Write some hate mail and then die mad about it. OK, <laughs> yeah. so so what do we expect out of the Big Ten? Um, I don't think we could really say anything yet. Uh, I, you know, with with the SEC and the ACC, we saw how rusty. Uh, the, you know, these teams were in the first week or two, um, you know, when you don't have a lot of practice time, um, you know, and I, I mean, not to transition, but look at the Pats. They weren't allowed to practice all week and look at the egg they laid this past weekend. Right. Um, you know, I think we'll probably see some sloppy football uh, at first. And then after the, maybe the first week or two, once these guys get in, get in their groove again, uh, we'll, we'll see what, you know, what we expect Ohio State to do to two big 10 teams, you know, um, you know, but I, I, I mean, I'm not expecting a big difference out of the big 10. Uh, I think it's Ohio state, Penn state, um, and, and then Michigan arguing they should be in it and then laying yeah. an egg. Well, that's what they do up there. So, yeah. um, you know, I think it's a two team league. Um, you know, Nebraska, I mean, honestly, I think if Scott Frost doesn't win this year at Nebraska, uh, you'll see that hot seat increase <laughs> um he's got a pretty sizable buyout and on top of that he's a lincoln legend but still man um you know t- uh, nebraska is the tennessee of the big 10 uh you know they, they're trying to live off what they did like 30 years ago and uh still be considered a top tier uh program right uh, and also should not be part of the big 10 but that's and, neither here nor there yes um <laughs> Uh, what else do we got? Let's look at what happened last week. Uh, Clemson dominated Georgia Tech this weekend on their way to a 73 to 7 route. No, yes. listen, no. What they did is they took Georgia to the woodshed, set it on fire, and left Georgia Tech in the woodshed. That's what they did. Yeah. I, I think this was the game that Clemson needed to 
to show that they're clicking on all cylinders. Um, I really like Trevor Lawrence. Um, I can, uh, you know, I think the Jets tank and uh, we see him in Jets green and white next year. <laughs> um, he's, he's just that good. Um, you know, and then when you look at the other ACC teams, you know, uh, Carolina, I think, got exposed. Um, oh, God. I, 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 I appreciate I appreciate the cut the comeback though at the end like that Matt Brown's building a winner in Carolina they just have to start playing some fucking defense and getting yeah. the getting those stops that they need to get um, but yeah I, I think Clemson's hitting it on hitting on all cylinders right now and that's going to be a rough out for anybody uh, come playoff time mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the big surprise last week was South Carolina upsetting Auburn 30 to 22. I think that game was in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you guys and by you guys, I mean, how, how did Auburn allow Will Muschamp to finally win a big game? Uh, you know, like that guy, I know he's, he's made a career out of choking in big games. Um, and I honestly, I don't see Gus Malzane. Uh, staying on the planes past this season. That guy, year in, year out, recruits well. Uh, never does enough with those teams. And you know damn well that in Auburn, being you know Alabama's little stepbrother is never going to be good enough. And Mulzane hasn't done enough. I mean, honestly, Auburn hasn't done shit since 2013 uh, when Cam – or what year was that, Tim? That was uh, 2010, wasn't it? I can't remember. Uh, the Cam Newton – uh, national yeah, that was two, title. That was 2010. That was 2010. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to say it was 2010, 2011, yeah. somewhere in there. What, whatever, whatever year it was, uh, because let's face it, I'm getting old. I'm forgetting things. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they've been a chronic underachiever every year. They go into the season with high hopes and then they lay eggs like this. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't see Mulzane sticking around. I, I don't think Auburn can stand to lose more ground to Alabama. Um, and, and losing to South Carolina, I just, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, need to, Alab- I need to watch, well, and I need to watch what I'm saying because that's who we play this week. We play South Carolina this week. Yeah. And possibly oh. without your quarterback. I know. Exactly. So God help us all. Uh, I think I read that they're actually not anticipating LSU doesn't expect that Miles Brennan will play this week. Well, honestly, if I'm Orgeron, I'm installing the triple option and I'm just going to run it 70 times that game. Uh, Keep keep South Carolina's offense off the field, control the clock. Uh, You've got the running backs to to really just break that game open on the ground. Why not do it? Yeah. Uh, The other big game, Alabama never really let Georgia into the game. No. Um, The Tide won that big matchup 41-24 and I even that felt closer than it actually was. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. Uh, I think uh, we Georgia fans finally got to see who Stetson Barrett, the fourth really was. Um, and that is the, the fourth quarterback on the roster who was forced into duty, who should just be shaking hands at alumni events until he can run for Congress in Athens. That's it. <laughs> um, like he will be a Congressman with that kind of name. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's very limited. Um, you know, like he's not going to win you games against Bama, against LSU. Uh, I don't even see him beating like A&M, you know, like he, he, he's not going to win those games. Um, 
No, no, no. Hold up, though. I thought I thought Georgia did okay in the first half. I did because we were like we were like split screening that we had. Yeah, we we had uh, we had fight night on on the big TV. I was watching the Bama game on my iPad and then James was watching the boxing match on his iPad. So like we had it all, you know, set up or whatever. But I thought Georgia did OK in the first half. I would say they did OK in the first quarter. Uh, I think Bama really st- they figured him out by the second yeah. and then yeah. came from the second half. Nobody makes halftime adjustments quite like Nick Saban. Oh, yeah. No. And yeah. they made those adjustments and just, uh, you know, bludgeoned. And then just do Georgia. what they do. Yeah. 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 You know, I just, you know, Georgia, until Georgia is pulling in the same type of recruits and honestly, Kirby Smart learns to cultivate that talent. And granted, I'm going to give Georgia some credit because they did hang in there with like their third or fourth quarterback. Um but I think Kirby Smart needs to really look at that USC transfer that was supposed to start the season before injury. And when, as soon as he's ready to go, you get him under center uh, because Stetson is just he's not that guy, you know, and that's OK. That is yeah. fine. You know, he's playing college football, you know, and I just sit here and talk about it. So obviously Stetson has some talent, but uh, he's not going to he's not talented enough to beat the Alabamas, you know, yeah. Finally, we turn to the NFL where Miami has officially named Tua Tagovailoa their starting quarterback, replacing Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, let's be honest, was never going to make it through the season. Yeah, Uh, it was really just a matter of what week this call was going to happen. Oh, well, one of my favorite headlines is is it says Fitzpatrick colon decision to start Tua heartbreaking. Yeah, really? He he was very upset. Yeah, but you know what, man, I, Tim, you're, you know, right. He wasn't going to make it through the whole season. And when we did our NFL breakdown, I think I even said about week nine Tua would be starting or whatever. Um, it, throw the young dude out there, see what you got. Um, I think Brian Flores down in Miami is doing a really good job uh, molding a lot of young players together. Why not throw Tua out there? Um, you know, that's why you drafted him. He's had he's had some time on the bench. Uh, Tua was always the guy that knew the playbook at Bama, so I imagine he knows the playbook, you know, on the professional level. And I mean, he, Fitzpatrick's a known quantity. You know, he's going to have a few good games, and then he's going to go into one game where he throws five interceptions. Like that's just him. Uh, and he's he's made a good career out of being a backup. Uh, and that's you know, he's a Harvard guy, so obviously the dude's smart. Right. Uh, you know, so like he's I think at this point, he just really enjoys uh, being on the field. And, and I get that. But like, dude, you know, damn well, you're not getting 16 games on Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're just not going to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I applaud him for this. I, I you know, Flores came from New England I, and I was crushed when he left to go to Miami. But, you know, it, he wanted a chance to lead his own program. And I support him in that and if he play you know if it was anywhere else i would gladly watch those games but it's a division rival so fuck him um <laughs> but you know i want him to have uh, some success with Tua down there i like Tua, so um i got embarrassed by the steelers in pittsburgh this week 38 to 7 um the game really just showed that cleveland still has a lot of building to do in order to compete with the most elite teams yeah um, Mac, you've been covering them pretty extensively lately. Yeah, the, the biggest issue right now is still the offensive line. Um, you know, drafting Jedrick Wills, 
was a great idea uh, at left tackle, but he's still a rookie, you know. And then you sign Jake Conklin, who, if you guys don't know, he came from Tennessee. He's a phenomenal run blocker, average at best in, in pass blocking. Um, you know, with a player like Baker, who is a smaller quarterback, you have to keep, you know, give him a clean pocket, establish throwing lanes so he can get it downfield. Um, you know, Stefanski realized that wasn't going to happen with that group of offensive linemen. So he leaned heavily on the run and using gadget plays to get the, the ball into the hands of his playmakers, you know, being Odell. Um, but this team just really isn't ready to hang with the elite teams. And Pittsburgh, for all their faults, has, uh, you know, reloaded every year, uh, you know, that Mike Tomlin's been there. You know, they'll have a down season, but then they come right back because they draft very well. Um, and Pittsburgh had a great game plan. Baker does not do well when he's under pressure. Yeah. Um, and 47% of Baker's dropbacks, you know, he was hit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was bad. Yeah. And I know we had, we had one of our guys out on offensive line, but yeah. why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? I could not think of who it was. Why Teller? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but still, you, you know, damn well, you have to be too deep on the offensive line. Now, you know, that's, that's not an option. You have to be too deep. Um, yeah. And, there's and we're a, just getting to one deep. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I think this game also showed how much the offense misses Nick Chubb. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I really like Kareem Hunt uh, as a football player, as a person. Eh. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not going to be the guy that really busted up in the middle of the field. Uh, that's what Chubb is. And, and the great thing about Chubb is he's tough enough to get those tough yards running between the guards, but he's also fast enough to break that runoff uh, for a big game. And yeah. Chubb is that guy that you, you can hand the ball to every play hunt is the guy you throw in there to mix it up and, you know, get somebody to miss a big tackle. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, uh, you know, that that's a big thing uh, that the offense is missing and, and that defensive backfield is just, uh, Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Sandejo did more Sandejo things. Um, you could really tell that they need Greedy Williams and, um, oh my gosh, Delpit. They really need those guys back. Granted, you know, people say, well, they're rookies. Yeah, but you know what they are? They're bigger, faster, stronger than the, than the guys they have out on the field right now. Yeah. Oh so, my God. I just had the worst case of deja vu when you said that <laughs> because uh, of Greedy Williams and Delpit. Yeah. <laughs> just had the biggest sense of deja vu. Go ahead though. But you know, they, they need those guys back. Um, you know, and otherwise they're going to continue to get torched over the middle of the field. And, and you saw that a lot uh, with that with that uh, receiver they, out of Notre Dame that Pittsburgh has. Um, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he's come on big time the last few weeks. But, yeah, I mean, Cleveland, this this is going to be a good team. There's some talent there to build on. I really like what Stefanski's doing. Um, but they, they, you're absolutely right, Tim. They, need, they can't hang with the big boys quite yet. I mean, that doesn't mean that they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, but let's face it, I would expect what you saw in Pittsburgh in the first round of the playoffs or Cleveland. Uh, and that's that's a good building point. You know, yeah. hey, we got we got smoke in the playoffs. Let's get better and, and try it again next year. I did see one pro- uh, trade proposal this week coming from uh, from your site there, Mac. OK, um, it basically boiled down to. Uh, Philadelphia signs Roby Coleman and Mills to a reasonable one-year extension um, and then trades them 
edge rusher Brandon Graham and a sixth round 2021 pick to Cleveland for Olivier Vernon, Andrew Sendejo, a 2021 first, a fourth rounder and a 2022 sixth rounder. Yeah, I, I like the idea of it, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think Philly takes Vernon uh, just because of his cap hit. Um, you know, you you want to kind of balance it out or at least make it equitable. Uh, you know, that's why you see the the more of the picks coming from Cleveland. Um, but I mean, honestly, if I were Cleveland, I'm moving to Joku trying to get uh, maybe, you know, a pass rush, like an outside linebacker um, that can help uh, Garrett really start putting some pressure on, on the defense. Because, I mean, outside of Garrett, there was no pass rush from Cleveland. Yeah, uh, we're at, I think, 13 or 14 sacks this season and seven of them have come from Garrett. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's unacceptable. Claiborne is the next man up uh, leading, I think three other Browns with two sacks apiece. So, you know um, yeah, I mean, that would make sense, but honestly I'm I'm, for short term, like in this kind of season, I'm looking for uh, safeties and corners, Uh, you you know, but those are going to come in a premium now because you have to have at least six corners these days because of how spread out the game is. So, You've got to make that other team. You got to make it worthwhile for them to trade one of those cornerbacks. So, um, I just, I mean, I, if I'm Andrew Barry, I'm beating up the phone lines. I'm calling people's agents. I'm doing. I'm looking at like semi-pro players. Anybody to get Sandejo off the field because that guy just looked like he's checked out. He's just there to fuck you, pay me, and uh, he's 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 a, a horrible hindrance on the pass defense. So. All right, that that's enough Cleveland talk. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Say this sounds like Cleveland corner over here, but <laughs> Aaron Rodgers struggled against Tom Brady and the Baker, uh, the Buccaneers, uh, losing thirty-eight to ten. Yeah, uh, I don't know about you guys, but you know, Rodgers always has one of these games every season, and then the following game. He just comes out like firing and <laughs> throws for like 400 yards and four touchdowns. So what um, you're saying is if you have a, a Packers receiver or Aaron Rodgers, you should really elevate yeah, them yeah. on your fantasy team. I mean, last week I had to start Aaron Rodgers because Russell Wilson was in a bye week and that's the performance I got. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, I, I, the Buccaneers defense did a great job uh, really bottling up everything Green Bay tried to do on offense. Um, maybe Gronk is finally comfortable in the offense because he caught his first touchdown pass um, of the season. Uh, and, and, and Brady finally looked comfortable. Now, I mean, Green Bay's defense is much better than it was a few years ago, uh, but it's still, I don't think, uh, the high-pressure uh, uh, unit it needs to be. Brady had time to throw the ball. Now, you know, it's going to be interesting – when uh, Brady plays another one of those top tier defenses, because I mean, the Tampa's offensive line is OK at best. Um, you know, I, they ran the ball well for the, you know, for arguably for the first time this season. You know, let's see what happens. Um, but, yeah, I was I was surprised. I couldn't believe that, <laughs> especially considering Tampa shit the bed against the Bears, you know, uh, last week, uh, week before. So I was I was really surprised that they kind of reset and just came back and and put a beat down on the Packers. Uh, The final game I have to talk about is uh, Monday night. The Cowboys got throttled with Andy Dalton under center, uh, falling to the Cardinals 38 to 10. Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys watch it? 
Uh, I was following, but I wasn't watching. Okay. What about you, Heather? Um, kind of the same thing. Kind of following it, but I didn't yeah. watch it. Kyler Murray did not have the best day of passing. And, no. And he still torched Dallas's defense. <laughs> okay. Like, I really like Kyler Murray. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and say that I, I you know, I immediately copped when he got drafted to, I don't know, man, he's, he's a smaller QB, you know, same, same kind of stuff with Baker and, and even Drew Brees, you know, they have to have a clean pocket. Um, they have to have throwing lanes. They have, you know, you have to, you have to do some extra stuff for smaller QBs. Right. But Murray has just been phenomenal. Uh, you know, as, as Arizona's re, you know, reloading and rebuilding themselves. Um, but he, he didn't look very, you know, he, he just didn't look like he was he had his best game, and Arizona just came to play. Uh, you know, they ran the ball well. Uh, you know, Zeke fumbled twice. You know, and you got to see how important Dak is to making that offense go. Um, and, I mean, you Cowboy fans, man, you should go back and apologize to Dak Prescott for all the shit you talked about. <laughs> uh, because there's so many playmakers on that offense. Andy Dalton should have been able to fucking have nothing but success. And he just he couldn't do it, um, you know. So I mean, it's uh, you know I can see the the NFC least, um, come, you know, being one with like five or six wins because that's just a bad division. And I think I saw that five thirty eight right now has Philadelphia winning at six nine and one. Oh, uh, at I mean, which point they will host probably a ten win Green Bay team or. <laughs> Yeah, like a 10 win Chicago team or whatever. The, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And, and I mean, but all those NFC East teams just look bad. They, they, like there's not one good team in that whole bunch. Yeah. Um, I, I think if anything, uh, Dak Prescott should be on that sideline grinning from ear to ear. Oh, because dude. it is oh, proving that, as that he, needs he needs to get to paid. Well, yeah. that's the thing. He, he hasn't played in a game and a half. Still leads the NFL in passing yards. Yep. Still. Yeah. Right. And if I were Dak, that's exactly what I would do, Tim. I would go get my spot on the bench because, you know, I have a broken and dislocated ankle and I would have a sign that says, fuck y'all. And <laughs> no, I would just hold it even up. Better, not even that. Just sit with popcorn. Get you a big bucket <laughs> of popcorn. <laughs> with, with big dollar signs on the outside big of the dollar bucket. signs all over it. I mean, even go like, you know, like go to Party City and get some of those glasses that they're big dollar sign glasses and just do that. Yeah. I mean, because that is a level of petty we should all strive for. Yes. And and let's face it. uh, If Jerry Jones doesn't get this deal done, uh, this long term deal, um, that's going to show that, you know, uh, he doesn't he still doesn't believe in Dak as like the guy when statistically on the field, the game tape shows Prescott is the, the straw that stirs that drink, um, you know, but yeah, I'm with Heather. Let's just be petty. Uh, yep. And not, not only that, I, I'm going to go get like a gigantic faux fur coat and wear that shit too. Oh yeah. Like real, <laughs> I mean, really do it. Like, yeah. you know, uh, Maybe we could get Odell Beckham jr. To dress as Jerry Jones and just walk over to, uh, Dak and just start handing and him hundred dollar yeah. bills. Yeah. Yes, yep. <laughs> or better, like throwing them at him. Yeah, yeah. just just just, just reenact that national championship yep. and just yep. start giving him money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yep. Yeah, it, it, 
another hometown crowd stand. We're with you, Dak. Be petty. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into our quick picks of the week. And last week was abysmal oh for God. us. Uh, Heather oh. had the best record of the week going a whopping three and three. Hey, listen, uh, listen, I told you I was I was going off the 2020 rules, so mm-hmm. it actually kind of paid off. Mac <laughs> went Mac went two and four. Both of you guys are tied at 18 and 12. Um, I went one and five and still have a two game lead on you guys at 20 and 10. OK, well, at least you've gotten better at not talking in the third person. So we're yes. good. That's yeah, an Tim still leads us. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> so let's start in college football. We've got four games for each of these. So we're, we're going to keep this quick under a minute. Mac, we'll start with you. Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's a three and a half point favorite. Who do you got? Uh, Okie State looks really good. Um, you know, Chuba Hubbard, uh, you know, he's still there. Uh, Iowa State, I just don't know, man. That team is so hit and miss. I, I like what Matt Campbell's doing out there, but I just don't think they have it against Oklahoma State yet. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, the Cowboys in the fake OSU. Heather. Um, I also went with uh, Oklahoma State as well. Um, and just in case if our listeners do not remember, please refer back to last season when we discussed at length our hatred of Iowa teams. So very true. <laughs> uh, I do have Oklahoma State in this one, too. I know that uh, Iowa State tends to pull off those upsets once a year, but. I don't think this is not it. No, not, not it. here. Not against, still not against Oklahoma State. Um, yeah, no. It's still coming. So I got it's Oklahoma coming, State, it's not too. Yep. Uh, Heather, we'll start it. We're staying in the state of Iowa. We'll start with you. Iowa's a three-point favorite at Purdue. Also another game that I don't give a shit about. Um, this one, I kind of had to look a little blindly at because they haven't played there's right. this is their first game of the season and usually i try to go like through the season and see where they've done so this one it was just like pfft, i don't know so i just went with iowa on this one yeah i mean it's the first game opening, i had i had nothing to go off of yeah that the was op- the problem opening of the season is going to be rough um you know Purdue's head coach is not going to be there. Jeff Brom tested positive for COVID. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I These are two, like, mid-tier Big Ten teams. Um, you know, Purdue, I think Brom's doing some good things in Purdue or at Purdue. I just don't think it's enough. Uh, Iowa always has a good defense, and they always seem to do just enough on offense to win in a regular season, like, eight, you know, seven, eight, nine games. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I'm actually in agreement on here. Um, Iowa tends to be that team that plays pretty well against everybody. And first game of the season, I just don't see Purdue taking this one. Even yeah. though it's at home, I think I think Iowa is going to win this one. Uh, Mac, we're, we're going to start. I was going to say, or we're the, just all wrong because it's 2020. Yeah, it's 2020. So. Yeah. Mac, we're going to start with you and your favorite team this time. Uh, Michigan, a three-point favorite in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Michigan every year under Harbaugh. Um, 
you know, even under Rich Rodriguez and, and, you know, Lloyd Carr, you know, they always seem to recruit great classes and then do nothing with them. Um, I'm not convinced Jim Harbaugh has it anymore. And, you know, I don't know if you've been paying attention. They're doing something up there in Minnesota. Um, so give me the Golden Gophers, um, not just uh, uh, for football reasons, but give a shout out to our Benchwarmers Trivia podcast friends. Uh, yeah. We didn't even talk about how that went. We won't spoil it because that's still coming. I think they said around November 9th. Okay. But we were on the Benchwarmers Trivia podcast this past week and had so a much blast. Yes. Oh, my God. It was uh, so good. And they are huge Minnesota fans. So hopefully they give us another shout out for this one. But I'm going to go with Golden Gophers. <laughs> OK, um, I, I think it's just right now. Uh, I think they have a lot more momentum as a program than uh, Suck Again does. So OK, Heather. Um, on this one. Uh, again, since there's no game to go off, like there's been no games to go off of, I was just like, well, shit. So I literally, I've, I shit y'all not, I flipped a coin on my phone to pick the winner and it came up with Minnesota. So I'm also going with the Gophers on this one. Um, I am going to go against all belief that I hold as a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm shocked. I am frankly shocked, Tim. Uh, I'm shocked with myself, too. I have no reason to believe it, and I'm going against my convention of when in doubt, go with the home team. Has I'm sorry. Has has hell actually frozen over? Like it really? may have. Maybe I need to be tested for Corona because I'm like clearly not to. feeling well. No, you're uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take the Wolverines in this one. Oh, did how did that taste coming out of your mouth? Uh, it was like not, vinegar, right? It was not good. Um, I don't necessarily believe that Michigan is the team they could or should be. Um, I just think that Harbaugh probably has a lot to prove this season. Otherwise he is out of there. And I'm stunned right yeah, now. Yeah. I I've I've stunned myself here. Uh so we're just gonna move on <laughs> with wow. uh Cincinnati at SMU Southern uh, Methodist University SMU is a two and a half point favorite in this one and Heather the floor is yours it doesn't need to be because I don't give a shit about either of them and I went with Cincy so short and sweet I dig short it. and sweet yeah um, like I, like whenever we talk about doing these picks I, I go like pretty quick with them yeah um, I mean for me I don't I'm gonna dip into some of uh, Heather's time um I, no, I, you know, I, I will gift you my time. How thank about that? you. Thank you, I'll Heather. I'll gift it to you. Um, I don't understand how SMU is going to be a two-point favorite over Cincinnati, who is in the top ten. Well, but uh, it's because they're 5-0. and oh. Yeah, I mean, still, Cincinnati under Luke Fickle has been phenomenal. Uh, this is not a school that's known for pulling in five or four star talent. Um, he takes the players he gets uh, and, and does very well with them. I think that, that coaching staff is probably one of the best in the country. Uh, but you got to think this is this is Cincinnati that's coming off those horrible Tommy Tuberville years. 
um, you know, who just kind of deflated the program after some uh, uh, early successes before him, uh, as, you, know, in, you know, as far as Cincinnati goes. Uh, but I really like Luke Fickle. I really like that team. Um, and honestly, if they keep playing as well as they have been, you could see them sneaking in to a playoff here in the next few years. Uh, you know, they could be that group of five uh, initial entry into it. So um, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Um, I, I really think that this team's got a, a great uh, focus on, on what they have to do to win football games. And, you know, they, they win. So. All right, Timothy. Yeah. Um, I've been going back and forth on this one. Uh, Cincinnati's got their their best win is either Boston College or Austin P. Or is it P or PA? It's Austin P. P. Okay. Uh, Smooth beat Memphis uh, and Tulane. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Luke Fickle. I'll take the uh, the Cincinnati on that one because I just I don't know on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna take anything away from SMU. Uh, they're 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 playing good football, but I just I think Luke Fickle knows how to win dirty. You know, like he he can pull out a 12-10 win um, and be happy about it. So. Well, and that's not to say, though, too, that, I mean, SMU can pull out upsets. We've seen it before where we were like, what? And yeah, so yeah. but I don't I don't see it happening on this one. Yeah. All right. Let's let's go over to the NFL for the picks of the week. Uh, Mac, we're going to start with you. Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Tennessee is a one point favorite in what is probably the game of the week. Uh, yeah. Both teams enter five and zero. The game is in Tennessee. Who do you like? Uh, I mean, Derrick Henry ripped off one of his patented two hundred yard games last week. Um, I think Mike Vrabel uh, showed this this huge backing of Tannenhill, and Tannenhill's really responded to that uh, because he's he's done nothing but look good in Tennessee. Like there's, I think it came down to they they're not expecting anything out of Ryan Tannenhill. Um, and all he's done is respond with, you know, getting to the AFC championship game last year, and then they're ripping off wins right now. Um, Pittsburgh, on the other hand, you know, that's a high pressure defense. Um, they could still be gashed by the run, uh, but they play great pass defense and offensively. I don't know where they find these wideouts, but it seems every year Pittsburgh is making another star, uh, as a wide receiver. Uh, but with that being said, I think Tennessee wins a close game. I really like uh, Derrick Henry. It's you could load up the box against him in the first half, and then he, the man is an incredible Hulk as a running back. He just wears you down and then beats you up in the second half. So um, I'm going to go Tennessee. All right, Heather. I also went with Tennessee just because I like what Tannehill has been doing this season, and um, I know that um, Benny is coming off his elbow surgery and all of that. And I just, I, I really, I, and I, and it's in, it's in Nashville too. So I, I went with Tennessee on this one. Yeah. Uh, I'm in agreement here. I think Mike Vrabel is showing that he is quickly rising up the ranks of the elite coaches. He can, he can, uh, he can pull those loopholes as good as anybody named Bill Belichick. Um, 
he learned from the best man. Yeah, he did. Uh, that, that 12 man on the field intentional penalty is genius. Um, Derek Henry is Derek Henry. And that team has made Tannehill look like he's a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, I also think Pittsburgh might have a little bit of a hangover coming off the big win where they got to shut down the rivals. Um, so I've, I've got Tennessee in this one. Uh, I think Pittsburgh gets their first loss. Uh, Heather, San Francisco at New England. New England is a one and a half point home favorite. Uh, I just went with New England. I uh, No reason. Just I just went with New England. That's what my gut told me to do. All right, Mac. Uh, the Pats really need to bounce back from that loss last week. Um, they they looked flat, and honestly, it's you could tell they didn't practice. Uh, I really like Damian Harris in the backfield. Um, I think if they can get a good running game going, uh, and new, those New England wideouts, while they're not the most well-known, I think that they are responding better to Cam Newton than they did with Brady last season. Uh, Nikhil Harry looks way more comfortable. Um, I really like Bird. He was an undrafted free agent out of South Carolina. Uh, but the biggest thing New England's got to do is keep uh, Cam off his back and give him time to make the you know throw the ball. Um, and San Francisco, for all their injuries, still is fielding a good defense. Um, and Garoppolo looked good last game. So you know, run the ball. Uh, keep cam off his back and then make sure that you're able to stop Jimmy G, uh, from getting going. So, but I'm going to pick the Pats in this one. Um, I'm not going against my team. I think this is a winnable game. Um, and, uh, I just think that, uh, you know, San Fran is decimated by injuries and, and that kind of losing that kind of depth is going to hurt him. Yeah. I've got new England too. I think it's really going to just boil down to new England's healthy and that are healthier at least um, San Francisco, they've been struggling, but a lot of that's injury based. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get back up to where they were. Yeah. Uh, so I've got New England. Uh, Max, Seattle, a three point favorite on the road in Arizona. Yeah, um, I like Seattle uh, and that hurts to say. Um I just I think Russell Wilson is definitely the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, the dude just wins and wins and wins. Uh, he's got, you know, Seattle is, is playing well on offense. Uh, DK Metcalf is a beast at wide receiver. Um, defensively, they still have issues, but you still have a second year quarterback in Kyler Murray. Um, I think this is a close one, but in a close game, what you do is never count out Russell Wilson. So I'm going to go Seattle. All right. Heather. That's exactly what I was. That's, you know what? Next time I would appreciate it if you would not plagiarize my notes, Mac. <laughs> um, yeah, I went with Seattle on that one. Okay. Well, I am actually going to differ with you guys on this one. Um, if for no other reason than I am riding really high on Kyler Murray right now, Arizona is playing very well. Um, they're coming off that big win on Dallas. Uh, granted, you know, Dallas without Dak is not the same Dallas. Um, but that that Kyler Murray's just got something special. I think Russell Wilson is the MVP front runner right now. But I've got Arizona in this one, and it may be a close one, but 
I'm going to take the Cardinals. And uh, still no soundbite, but our pick of <laughs> oh. the week. Oh, we've we um, number one fan has offered to bust out his ukulele and make something this weekend. Yes, all for it. <laughs> yes, all for it. Uh, but this pick of the week, W E A K Dallas, a one point favorite at Washington. Heather, we get to start with you on this one. Listen, I am so. Sick and tired of having to pick a <laughs> Dallas game. All right. I have. I, I have promise told- that in the next two weeks, our pick of the week is not going to be an NFC least. Listen, team. listen, I have told number one fan that he has reached his quota on me picking his team for him. But guys, <laughs> it's done. It is done. So because of that, I specifically went with the Washington football club. All right. <laughs> Mac, go ahead. Uh, these two teams are bad, man. Um, I just, I, when you look at it talent-wise, you know, Dallas is better. Uh, you know, wide receivers. Uh, Zeke, even though he's fat, like he's caught a case of fumbleitis. Um, you know, I, I just really, I think Washington will have a good game on offense because it's going up against Dallas's defense, which is what we in the biz call a sieve um, and everything just goes right through it. Um, but I'm going to go Dallas on this one. Um, I, I, I just don't see the, the Washington football club pulling this one out. I believe a lot of things. I believe that Zeke is one of the most elite running backs in the league. I believe that C.D. Lamb and uh, Amari Cooper make up one of the most uh, potent wide receiver often uh, cores in the league. I believe that Dallas spends more money than just about anybody else in the league. And I believe that none of that matters if you've oh. got Andy Dalton under center. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, I love the setup there. I think you really knocked it out of the park on that one. That was that was very good. So yeah, I'll take Washington in this one. (laughs) Oh man, Uh, yeah. Either way, um, America loses because they're going to televise this game. Mm -hmm. We're all going to be forced to watch it. No, no. Do you think or? Well, no, I don't it, know. It's the one o'clock game. Is it going to I mean, is it going to be like the Cleveland game where it's so bad they turn it off? Oh, no. And the thing is, it, I can see this thing being like five to three going into the fourth quarter. Oh, God. And like Fox just saying, you know, some like exec like in New York's like, no, no, we're not putting the fourth quarter of this game on. Just switch over to whatever else. Just, I don't care. So, yeah. yeah. So it's one o'clock on Fox. The other Fox games are Green Bay, Houston, uh, Carolina, New Orleans. Okay, where y'all are, that's going to be on. And New York, Philadelphia. Oh, God. And Detroit, Atlanta. So I, it'll probably show Carolina, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah it's going to show Carolina, New Orleans. Or if it's just one of those weird fluke blackouts, they might put the Atlanta game on. Yeah. Maybe. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how they're working the blackout issue this season, considering no stadium sold out. Um, right. So I, I don't know. Uh, either way, again, some part of America is going to be losing because they're going to have to watch this game. Um, 
And that's not fair. <laughs> Let's wrap August up tonight. Let's wrap up tonight with our fantasy update. Heather, take us through what's going on in the college pick'em. Um, in the college pick'em, that oh god, that I I have never I would done like so point, poorly. I would in like this. to point out that I am where I am. And the last two weeks, I forgot to pick like the first three or four games. Yeah. It's stupid. So, uh, in first place still with 123 points is Joshua. Second place is Tim with 103 points. I am in third with 95 points. MD, whoever the hell you are. We still don't know who MD don't is. Don't know who that is. Um, he is right behind me at 94 points and number one fan is sitting at 89 points. So um, also too, I also too, um, number one fan has been posting in the group for the UFC pickums. So it's been just me and him doing it. So if you see the I've, link, I've been in there. I've been do doing it. very poorly, but I've been in there. Okay. Well, I'm just reminding the listeners too, like get in on that as well. So yeah, because that that resets every week, so it's not it resets, like a continuous it's not the same. Like exactly. Pick-up. Yeah, exactly. It's not the same. So well, through six weeks of fantasy football, I continue to be the only undefeated team left in the league. Uh, I managed to get a late 60 yard pass from DeAndre Hopkins to take down Harrison and the fantasy football team. I was really sweating that out. Because I needed 2.36 points from DeAndre Hopkins to win. And Arizona went up and started running the ball. And anytime they targeted Hopkins, I, I didn't watch whether it was dropped or just bad passes. But I know he was like two for nine, uh, two catches on nine targets. Um, Mac edged out Heather 66 to 60.5 in the lowest scoring game of the week. Yeah, Heather, we suck. Uh, <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. I went into this saying how badly I sucked. Okay, yeah. so it's not, you're not telling me something I didn't know. Yeah, that, that was just a bad week overall. Elsewhere, Team No Luck topped the Cheesehead Canucks. The French, but, uh, the French Button Pushers won the closest game of the week, beating Modine's three and out by four hundredths of a point. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and Team Burza improved a four and two by defeating number one fan James. This week, no luck faces three and out. Mac gets the French button pushers. One winless team will get their first win when Heather <laughs> takes on James. Ta- it's, ch- it's, it's, it's taco versus taco at this point. <laughs> the Cheesehead Canucks square off against Harrison, and I will hope to improve to 7-0 and against generic team name Burza. Uh, I hope generic team name knocks you off your pedestal there, Tim. Hey, hey, I am running this league. Yeah, well, even without my number, you you guys all complained about me getting the number one overall pick and he's been hurt. Oh, I don't want to hear it. My my top one went out in week two. It was like I've been scrambling just to find people to put points up. 
but that'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at hometown crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash hometown crowd pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. And if you're an Apple podcast listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. You can find us on the 910 comedy podcast network. Check out 910 comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face, marital tips and dead girls talking for Mac and Heather. I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. All right. I'm going to go with the long closer tonight and it's oh. guys change your passwords because if not, you will be like the Fort Bragg, Bragg Twitter page and just have some <laughs> salacious goodness pop up. And then your public affairs team is scrambling. So remember, one, two, three, four, five is not a safe password. It is not. And also, have a password an idiot puts on their luggage. Exactly, yes. yes. And also, call your moms, give them a hug, give them a kiss while you still can. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs>